Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. We're talking about dreaming techniques. Serge Kahili King, Dr. PhD, is the author of many works on Huna and Hawaiian shamanism, including urban shaman and instant healing. He has a doctorate in psychology, trained in shamanism by the Kahili family of Kauai, as well as by the African and Mongolian shamans. He is the executive director of the Huna International, which is a not-for-profit worldwide network of people who have dedicated themselves to making the world a better place, lives on the big island of Hawaii. Serge, welcome to the program. Good to have you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Looking forward. To how is everybody on the Big Island handling COVID these days? Ah, uh, well, as well as anybody can expect, uh, we, uh, you know, there are restrictions here of various kinds, like anywhere else. Uh, but people are are quite cooperative. That's good. Uh, that's good. We need that. That's the only way it's going to go away. Yeah. By having that, tell us a little bit more about yourself and how did you get involved in shamanism? Well, I got involved in shamanism through my father who had been adopted by uh, a Hawaiian man named Joseph Kahili. And so uh, many years later, when I was 14, he began introducing me to that. And so for three years, I worked with him. It was, when I worked with him, it was mainly things uh, having to do with nature. We lived on a farm, and uh, I got to know a lot about how that worked. And so uh, after he died, then... I was lost for a while until Joseph Kahili, his family, contacted me. And then he adopted me as his grandson and turned his training over to uh, his son and his daughter. Uh-huh. They, for many okay. years then, they, they uh, helped me along. Your degree is in psychology? That's correct. Which is an interesting field, I'm sure, isn't it? Oh, certainly. And it's just right for this kind of thing. And how did you begin to steer yourself into the study of dreaming? Well, of course, that's an important part of shamanism. Sure. But uh, when I began to, when I came back, I lived in Africa for seven years. And when I came back from Africa, there was so much going on in, uh, well, you might call it New Age stuff in a way. And I came back in 1971. And uh, just a lot of things were going on. And among them was uh, an interest in dreams. So I became even more fascinated and decided to go into it in depth. And so that's when I began recording my own. Dreams are truly powerful, aren't they? Oh, they are. And when you can use them and they just, you can do some incredible things. Why do some people not remember them, Serge? Well, you know, you have to want to, for one thing. And you have to uh, think that they're important enough to do that. Uh, so for most people we, in our society, dreams are not given a lot of importance. So wake up in the morning, move, and you're focused in this outer world. And there are various different kinds of dreams. How many do you think there are, different styles? <laughs> About as many as there are different kinds of experiences in waking life. That's what I thought. I mean, they're all kind. I mean, we've had nightmares, we've had lucid dreams, we've had precognitive dreams, but the the list. More interesting when you when you look into them more deeply and start looking at uh, landscapes and uh, different kinds of of uh, 
interventions or actions that you have with people and so much stuff. When you begin to learn also that we have in dreams all the same kinds of of thinkings and feeling and uh, wonder and uh, in dreams as we do when we're awake. The title of your book, Dreaming Techniques, tell me about that. Uh, the, well, there's a, what I felt was that I, I wanted to get, help people get a lot, to know a lot more about dreams, but not only know a lot more, but to get them interested enough into seeking more. So I decided there's a lot of information about dreams, but they're scattered all over the place. So I wanted to put a lot of that information together give my own perspectives, and at the end of every chapter, you know, it's not just me telling everybody everything, at the end of every chapter I have a list of questions that I hope will uh, stimulate more thinking and maybe more exploration. Dreams are powerful. I mean, you can get things done in your dream state that you can't in your physical waking state. Well, that's for sure. And uh, by using it and tapping into it, uh, you can do all kinds of things. The subtitle is important, too. The name of the book is Dreaming Techniques, but the subtitle is Working with Night Dreams, Daydreams, and Liminal Dreams. Let's go through those. What are, what are the night dreams? Well, the night dreams, obviously, are the ones we have at night when we're, uh, or any time we're in a sleep state. Um, what I did was, to make it um, easier to understand, I felt, I gave different categories of consciousness, a little different from usual, so uh, what I call A mode is when your your eyes are open, but you see, when your eyes are open, you can be eyes open and aware of your environment, immediate environment, eyes open and thinking about something, uh, eyes open and seeing something that nobody else sees, and then there's B mode, which is that in between state, sometimes called hypnagogic or mm-hmm. meditative state. Uh, eyes are closed, but you can be eyes closed and aware of your environment, eyes closed and and thinking about something completely different, and eyes closed and getting all kinds of images and experiences and visions uh, like people do in, in what they call deep trance states, but it's really just a, a deep, set, deep state of attention. And then finally, this, what I call the C state is when you're fully asleep. Right. And that Deep has sleep. its own different ranges. Uh, these aren't levels, but they're, they're different ways. Like you can be fully asleep and know who you are, and not know who you are mostly, know what's going on. But then you can also know who you are, and you can reach a point where you can actually uh, take action on purpose in dreams. Next up, daydreams. Daydreams is well. Daydreams are a strange thing because. Everybody daydreams to some extent. Some people make a profession out of it. Probably the best daydreamers are fiction writers. Uh huh. But then at the same time, people are told not to daydream. Okay, keep your mind on on, on this world and what we're doing out here. So, but on the same time, follow your dreams. So it gets very confusing for a lot of people. But uh, the daydreams, uh, so many ways in which we have those. Uh, one of the ways, for instance, when if you ever see a mime uh, who seems to be, usually it's washing windows or, or going up and down stairs, but he's not, when they do it well enough, uh, the famous one was Charlie Chaplin when he was, uh, yeah, he was a good. rose in his pocket, and they do it so realistically. 
But you see, they're not doing it realistically by their movements. They actually have to daydream a, let's say, a rose right there and do it in such detail that their movements uh, are actually with this, you might call it a thought form. That they're Sure. Making. They visualize it, don't they? They visualize it, exactly, externally. And then liminal dreams. Liminal dreams is when we get to the real strange stuff that happens around the world, stuff that shouldn't happen. Uh, ice falling, ice and rocks, and and uh, even, surprisingly, in some places, money just falls right out of the sky. And uh, there's no explanation for it at all at this point, and I certainly can't give you one. But I know it happens, and I've experienced some of it in, in some ways. And the things that happened, again, that shouldn't happen, where people miraculously survive an accident and that or, you know, survive a dangerous situation when uh, there seemed to be absolutely no way that would be possible. Mm -hmm. And then people go to old battlegrounds and they can hear and sometimes see uh, what went on. We have a tradition in Hawaii of that. Uh, they're called night marchers. Night marchers, and, what are they? Well, it's a vision at night, usually, uh, of a a troop of Hawaii, ancient Hawaiians uh, walking along um, uh, as if, you know, they're bringing a chief from one place to another. And they may come out of the ocean, they may come out of a, a mountain wall and uh, move past. Some people will just see them, some people will hear the sounds of a trumpet and the, and the movement of the walking. There'll be people with spears protecting the chief. And then they'll, uh, some people uh, see both of those. And this is reported, doesn't have to be just by Hawaiians at all, but it can be, it's reported on all the islands. That is pretty dramatic. And uh, the, 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 the power of dreams. Sigmund Freud, of course, uh, devoted his career to interpreting dreams as well. So this goes way back, doesn't it? Oh, good heavens, all the way back to the most ancient times. Um, in uh, Egypt uh, and in uh, Greece and in many of the ancient China and many of the ancient cultures, there are books still existing of dream records from those ancient times. When we get into phone calls, uh, do you interpret dreams as well, Serge, or, or not? What I do is I, I, no, I, I will tell people how to interpret. There are different ways to do that. Okay. And so I'll give them how to ways of remembering and uh, ways in which they can interpret them. I've got a million questions here for you, but I'm going to tell you one of my dreams that I used to have. It was a recurring dream, and it was borderline on a nightmare. Let me let me tell you why. Years ago, when I was in college, I went to the University of Detroit. We needed 128 credit hours to get our bachelor's degree, and. I was in the college full-time for the four years, but after my second year, I got a full-time radio job, and so I switched my major to nighttime courses, and I would do the radio job during the daytime, and then at night I'd go do my courses. And, and you know, I promised my dad I'd get my degree in four years. He was concerned about that, and I did. I got it in four years. Well, I got my degree, and everything was great. I went to the University of Detroit, and... All of a sudden, years later, years later, 
I started having nightmares that I had 127 credit hours, that I was one short, and that I didn't get my degree. And, and this would be a recurring dream. I would dream this once a week, and it just drove me crazy. Sure. I, w- I, would dry, I would wake up and go, oh, my God, I didn't graduate. And it got to the point, Serge, that I had to physically go get my diploma, which I had in a box, mm-hmm. and I put it next to my desk stand at night so that when I woke up, I saw it. It was open. It had, you know, George Knorr University of Detroit Bachelor of Arts in Communications. What was that all about? Ah, wow. Yeah. That's really hard to tell exactly what it was about. There was some kind of insecurity going on, no doubt, about something. But uh, too bad we didn't meet then. I could have helped you in five minutes. <laughs> exactly. And that's one of the things that I'll, 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 I can tell people tonight, uh, how to heal nightmares. By, by, by looking at the diploma after a couple of times when I woke up, that dream went away. I haven't, yeah, I, and I haven't, haven't had it in forty-five years. Right. No, that was a very good way to do it. But some, something made me feel as if, and I don't know what it was that that I was always a credit hour short or something. Maybe I didn't think I was good enough. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, right. That's the thing. There's, there's no way to pin that down exactly, and so all dream interpretations are, sad to say, speculations. But thank God it had a happy ending for me. Yeah, good for you. Jeez. Nightmares. Let's talk a little bit about them. We're going to talk uh, for a couple more minutes before the break, and we'll come back for more. A lot of people have nightmares. They are frightening in your dream state. Yes. And what causes them? And I don't mean eating the pizza before you go to bed. No, it's not just that. Uh, There has to be something going on in somebody's life. Uh, for that kind of thing to to happen. Often it, you know, during the day people will maybe have, like I said, insecurities, anxieties that uh, are suppressed but uh, get released uh, in the form of a nightmare when you're, when you're asleep. Um, you cannot always connect the nature of the nightmare to exactly what's happening, but I'll give you a little example. Sure. Uh, sometimes you can. Uh, I had a nightmare when I was in high school, and a nightmare was about uh, some bullies chasing me down the street. And uh, they chased me down in, into a restaurant, and I hid under a table, and they came and found me and beat me up, and I woke up. So uh, this was going on, and I really was having a terrible time. And so I did something my father taught me. When uh, uh, didn't do this in the nightmare, he did this during the day. Mm -hmm. I recalled the dream, uh, followed the dream all the way down into the basement under the table, and then when they came down to get me, I stood up, threw off the table, went over, grabbed them, knocked their heads together, threw them out in the street, sat down, and had a beer. You became aggressive on them. What I did was uh, stand up for myself. Yep. And um, sitting down having a beer as a teenager, that, was, that made me feel pretty good, too. <laughs> uh, but the point was that I never had that again, and I never had any trouble with bullies again. And now, did you have bullies for real in school? Oh, sure. Interesting. And that's part of the dream, then. It just followed through. part of that dream, sure. That was pretty, pretty easy to connect. Uh, but it's not always easy. 
Whereabouts in the brain do we know where dreams are originating? Well, I don't certainly don't think they're in the brain because uh, really, okay, where well, are they? Not at all. The brain is a magnificent organ, but it's one organ of our body, and it's only capable of uh, dealing with what it experiences. Mm-hmm. Well, dreams, once you really get into them, have such amazing experiences of things that you've never done and never thought you could do and never dreamed of doing, that strange phrase. Uh, but uh, the brain can't invent stuff. You know, it's a processor. So, so what is it? Well, I think is it ex- outside of the body? No, not outside of the body. Um, how can I put it? We can call it spirit or we can call it mind. I think we're more than our physical body. Is it in the consciousness? Yeah, however you want to you want to talk about that. You can be consciously aware of it or not. So it's I, I call it mind. Does some entity put it in us? Oh no, I don't believe that. So the, we we created ourselves. Oh sure, it's part of our nature. In fact, I think the mind. This is a little far out, and of course it's speculation. But uh, I think the mind creates the body. How come I never see myself in my dreams? I'm always like I'm looking from the outside in. You probably don't record enough of them. Because I, I have seen myself like an observer. I have seen myself. You see yourself standing there or something? Yeah, I can see myself standing see, I, there. I, I, I don't. It's just like real life right now. Where you know I buy my microphone, I can see my hands waving and stuff, oh, sure. but I, I can't. But I, but I can't see my face. Or I have that too. See? Okay, I have both kinds. All right. Because the only reason I know I have both kinds is because I recorded enough dreams in which the the uh, the other aspect appeared. Well, and what do you mean by record them? Right, write it down. That's what I did. Write oh, them down. I wrote okay. down about over five thousand of my own dreams. Wow. That's a lot of material to analyze. That's another book. Oh, yeah, well, yes. But that's what I use in the book. Instead of using other people's dreams... Uh, These are yours. Okay. Because it's a rich store of experience. And uh, so I talk about all kinds of things, that how dreams are constructed, the uh, landscapes that, are, that appear, the uh, interactions with other people... And I have dreams sometimes of, how can I put it, dreams of not me. So in other words, I, I know true, I identify with the character in the dream, but it's not me. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.